welcome to Conversations with Sports Fans. I'm your host, Doug Hill, and in today's episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Zach McClellan, a 10-year professional baseball pitcher, including for a short stint with the Colorado Rockies during their 2007 National League Championship season. More importantly, perhaps, for today's conversation is the fact Zach is the first-ever athletics director at Indiana University, Purdue University, Columbus, and is the man responsible for launching an NAIA athletics program. This fall, the Crimson Pride fielded men's and women's cross-country teams, and they'll have baseball and softball teams this spring. A native of Toledo, Ohio, McClellan played college baseball at Indiana University before becoming a fifth-round draft pick of the Kansas City Royals in the 2000 Major League Baseball Amateur Draft. Zach, welcome to Conversations with Sports Fans. Thanks a lot for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the discussion. Um, for our listeners at home, this is another uh, referral from uh, my friend Jim Coleman, and Jim has uh, nailed a couple of them so far. So I expect a lot. The the bar is high, as they say. Okay, Zach. Well, hopefully, I can uh, achieve that goal. I, I appreciate setting the standards high. Yeah, um, it's a maybe it's a stretch goal, but we're going to get there. I think. Um, <laughs> What, what is your first um, like recollection or memory of, of being a sports fan, Zach? I mean, honestly, I was born into it. Um, my father uh, played basketball at Michigan, uh, scored the first basket in Chrysler Arena history for the University of Michigan for, you know, in his time there. Uh, my mother was a high jumper at Bowling Green State University before Title IX. Oh, wow. And so I have two older brothers. I think before birth, I was involved in sports. Uh you know, but but you know, ever since um, I mean, any any recollection I have as sports related uh, things that come to mind. Um, I, I know that you certainly um, seem to be pretty proficient in baseball, at least proficient enough to be a, a fifth round pick. Was it always baseball, or was it all sports as a kid growing up? No, for our family, it was multi sport. Um, you know, my dad used my mom and dad used athletics as a, a a way to have discipline and structure in our lives. And so whatever season it was, we played, we played soccer, we played a lot, a lot of, you know, street games like street football. And, yeah. you know, back in the day, wiffle ball, th those were things that we did just to, you know, I don't want to say stay out of trouble, but it gave us structure outside of school that that provided us an avenue to, you know, get in physical fitness shape and, and, you know, release some stress and, and hang out with, with people and get to know them. I mean, we, we played everything um, as, as kids. And certainly as a participant played everything, did you begin to take an interest in, in spectating as well? Uh, and oh, was yeah. it, was it, was it also everything or did you have a certain sport you like to follow? Well, I mean, Michigan football was something that was ingrained in our family. We had family members we hated on the Michigan-Ohio State game and loved every other day after that. That was a – my dad would always, like, make special food, and it was a celebration, really. Um, and and really, every Michigan football game was at, at our house. Um, I remember wearing an Ohio State button one year to tease my brothers and uh, ended up getting some lumps on my head for that one, so – it was something that our family was really passionate about, um, you know, going to high school games. My dad was a high school coach. My mom was a high school coach. Uh, there was a lot of great players in the city of Toledo that we would go watch. Um, and, you know, it was just that's just what we did. I mean, we we uh, 
we played APBA dice baseball at home before, you know, the video games really kicked in. Once video games kicked in, it was RBI baseball. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the Zeldas. It was the sports games. That's what we did. Yeah. And uh, it's what we still do, if I'm being honest, when we go to Thanksgiving and Christmas and, and do all that stuff with the broader family, we still have the PlayStation five with the sports video games. It's a tradition for us. So athletics really um, owned, owned a lot of our time and our family and, and helped us build a great bond between all of us. That's, that's terrific. You, you mentioned your parents were both coaches. Um, where and what did they coach? So they, they coached a lot of different places. My dad was at DeVilbus High School and was actually uh, uh, the president of the Toledo Public School Administrators Union. Um, but, you know, he's coach. He was dean. I mean, you know, when, when people were around, it was, you know, the people that saw him play basketball said, you know, he had a nickname in Toledo called Marvelous Mac. Um, and he actually led the Big Ten in shooting percentage for a whole season. So those that was a pretty big shadow, you know, for us to follow in. But yeah. The players that played for him loved him. They still do, do to this day. And he just, he has a way of connecting with people through athletics. My mom actually uh, broke the Title IX barrier at Start High School. And she actually just got inducted in the City League Hall of Fame this year, which means my entire family is in now at the Toledo City League Hall of Fame. And, you know, she, you know her story is incredible. I mean, she... She broke every glass ceiling you could imagine for women coaches and women's sports. Um, and, you know, she was at start high school as a coach for a while. And, but, they, you know, they coached all of us, too. So it wasn't just, you know, high school sports. They just they they did everything to support their kids. Yeah, that's fascinating. And now um, you said the entire family. So all five of you are in the Toledo Correct. Sports Hall of Fame. My mother was the last one to get in. She got in uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, really amazing. One of her um, high jumping uh, kids that she had in junior high, because she was a middle school teacher, um, mm -hmm. he won an Olympic gold medal uh, in London and he got into the Hall of Fame with my mom in the same class. So that was really, really a neat event, you know, and my wife and I drove from Columbus, Indiana up. Uh, I have three daughters and we feel like both sides of our family are both sports oriented, both um both of our mothers competed when they were allowed to mm -hmm. and they afforded our three daughters opportunities that they didn't have and it was unfortunate that our girls couldn't be there but it was a little bit symbolic and that two of them had games so <laughs> um so it was a really really a special event for our family yeah that's that's quite an accomplishment so um i and i can't let this go go past because i, I heard you refer to to APA baseball, APBA baseball, oh, yeah. and and that's a niche sport, but I yep. too have been known to roll and grew up in a household where that happened quite a bit. Um, now, was that something that was handed down from your dad or did, Absolutely. You, did your brothers come across grandpa, that? From my grandpa. Your yeah, grandpa? Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Well, I, have okay. a great, I have a great grandfather that played uh, um, semi-pro baseball with Fostoria. So he moved to Fostoria, he moved the family to Fostoria, Ohio to play professional baseball in Fostoria. So, you know, th there was just a progression of baseball in the family that no one really even realized because my dad played basketball, my mom, I jumped. And again, you know, with my brothers, one played baseball in college, one played basketball and baseball in college and was the highest draft pick in Oakland University history for baseball. But we were a basketball family. If I'm being honest with you, like the baseball thing came late for us. Yeah. Um. 
so you know, talk to me about the um the decision to go to IU and I think if I read in a bio you maybe spent a moment or two at Illinois before you were at IU is that right or no I I no? I went three years at IU um okay. I had a career where I was 16 and five on the mound there um I had multiple offers uh for other places uh my real choice came down to between Toledo and University of Toledo and IU not because that was that was the biggest school that gave me a basketball opportunity was Toledo. Ohio yeah. State was recruiting me, but it wasn't an official offer. Then they they let go of Randy Ayers, and that kind of changed a little bit. But um, I felt like I needed to um, branch out from Toledo and get to know different people and, and be on my own. And uh, the first year, I almost didn't make it. And um, my parents basically told me you made a decision and you need to stick with it and and keep going it was the greatest decision of my life I met ended up meeting my future wife there mm-hmm. um once I got settled into Bloomington it became like a home um but it, it was a big change from a you know an, an, an inner city a, a city kid from Toledo Ohio to go to Bloomington back then and uh, it was a big culture shock for me so um but I'm very thankful that I stuck it out I had a great baseball coach in Bob Morgan um, I, the thing that was most great about coach Morgan and, and that system was he focused on academics. Um, you know, I was not the best high school student. Um, uh, my brothers were, I was not, and I needed the structure to keep me in study table, um, to make sure that I did my work. And he provided that structure for me and did not, even though I was a good pitcher and one of his top recruits, he didn't, he didn't waver on his, uh, expectations. And that led to me getting two degrees. Yeah, what were the degrees? So I got an arts and humanities degree from IU Bloomington. Mm-hmm. And then I had my MBA from the University of Phoenix. Nice. I, I actually completed my MBA while I was playing. I started classes in the major leagues online once I got hurt. Yeah. Um, we'll get to that, uh, I think, in a moment. I, I'd love to hear a little bit of your recollections of playing um, you know, in the professional ranks, but back to IU for a second. Um, what was that transition like um, going into a, I mean, certainly you're a Michigan fan growing up and now you're kind of in enemy territory at that point. What, what was the experience like as a student athlete, but also as a, a fan of student athletics at IU at a big 10 university? So as far as the experience goes, um, it, I wouldn't trade any of it. I mean, yeah. it was just an incredible experience. I mean, it was hard pushed me to the limit. I had, I had health issues my freshman year. I had mental issues my freshman year. Um, I was challenged in the classroom. I was pretty much challenged every possible way at IU. Uh, what came out of it is lifelong friendships, um, respect, um, love of the game. Um, you know, I was still, Bobby Knight was still there. Coach Knight, I'm sorry, was still there when I was there. Um, I mean, the respect I had for him, uh, you know, he was very, uh, very nice to the baseball players, interacted with us well. Um, the social environment was amazing. The professors were amazing. Um, I wouldn't change anything, but it wasn't easy. And it was it would have been very easy for me to quit uh, in a different situation. Um, you mentioned M- Michigan. Uh, you know, they were ones that tried to get on me late and I'd already committed. Um, 
actually their their head coach at the time was Jeff Zahn, who yeah. played in major leagues, was my dad's uh, big brother in high school at DeVilbus, and then they were fraternity brothers in college. And he's a family friend. He's an incredible guy. Uh, but my dad didn't promote me. He he His philosophy was you're going to be where you're supposed to be. And it's not my job to push you out there. Like if somebody wants you to be there, they're going to recruit you. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was maybe a little, I don't want to say miscommunication, but between him and coach Zahn, you know, coach Zahn was like, you know, why didn't you tell me your son? Cause I went to an O, I went to an O against Michigan and, and I'm not going to lie to you and tell you, I wasn't motivated to, to win those games. In fact, in, I think in 13 innings, I gave up two total runs. Okay. And so, I, I mean, and, and that's something I would, you know, athletics just creates this motivation inside you that you don't know exists. And uh, it's hard to explain if you haven't experienced it, but I was heavily motivated to beat Michigan. And, uh, you know, my dad was also pretty excited about it as well. So, um, but, you know, we, we have like when I was inducted in the hall of fame in, in Toledo, Jeff Zahn, coach Zahn was there. I mean, he congratulated me. He's a great person. So there's no, there's no ill feelings. It just that, that timing, it didn't, it didn't play out right. Yeah, well, it's um, not where you were meant to be. Right. And, and I still think being that close to Toledo, probably wouldn't have been good for me at the time anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Bloomington is lovely. It's a fantastic campus, but I would imagine that it was a bit of a culture shift for you to, to go from where you were down into you know Brown County or that way down there. It, it was. And, and I love the city of Toledo. It's an amazing place. I mean, it's yeah. the, the people that are born and bred there are built different. They're blue collar. They get after it. They compete. Um, there's nothing better than that, but, you know, having a break from that and having a little low key off the field environment helped me maintain my competitiveness on the field. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to do the timeline here. So how was the, I mean, Indiana is known for its basketball, Indiana university, that is, how was the basketball team while you were there? I'm trying to recollect running through my Rolodex right now. And I'm, so now you're, I think uh, you, you, you just yeah. missed, you just yeah. missed, um, what it would have been like 2001 or whatever when they made it to the okay. final four. All of those guys that were at the 2001 were people that I hung out with. Um, and that 2001, I believe was the year that Knight was let go. Coach Knight was yeah. let go. I don't, maybe it was 2002. I can't remember, but they made that run. I would have been my senior year. And, and so I was in that tra transitional phase. So they were good, but they weren't great. Yeah. And, and but he, but coach Knight, always referred to that recruiting class that was gonna he kept saying i'm so excited to have this class and i can't wait till they're older he made those statements three years before they made that run yeah. i think he knew what he had i, I can't speak for him yeah but, sure and was that um dane fife's time era dane right? fife, yeah. um i covered him in high school back in the day Coverdale, uh, yeah. jared jeffries um it was an incredible incredible group you know and what an amazing AJ Moye, remember the block shot? Yeah. yeah. AJ Guyton was there. Um, I don't think he was a part of the team that went on the run, but he was there early when I was there. So um, and then we probably don't talk about Indiana football ever, do we? Well, I mean, I played uh, baseball with Antoine Randallel. He was there. Uh yeah. so I don't know if people know this, but he played three sports in the Big Ten. Uh he played baseball, basketball, and football. He was actually a starting point guard for Coach Knight before he got he, he broke his hand, I believe, in in uh, basketball and 
And uh, then he focused on football and the rest is history. But Antoine's yeah. the greatest athlete I've ever played with. Um, yeah. Hands down. And if I'm, well, he's our current, I'm in the Metro Detroit area. I think he's this, he's an assistant coach up here, I think, isn't he? I don't know where Antoine, I thought Antoine was in the NFL coaching somewhere. As an yeah, with the, with the Detroit Lions. I think he's coaching he, with the Detroit Lions, uh, I think, right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you, like, back then, he wasn't just a great athlete. He's a great person, and yeah. he was an awesome person to hang out. Like, I didn't hang out with him a lot, but just being around that that much greatness in athletics, he was he was amazing, amazing. And, you know, baseball-wise, he hadn't touched a bat, was an eighth-round pick with the Cubs. Yeah, played a couple games in center field. His first at bat in in live pitching was facing me. I, you know, wasn't really right for him at the time because he hadn't seen the pitching. So I just threw threw fastballs by him the first time I faced him. But you know, two weeks later he's hitting the ball because that's just what kind of athlete he was. He just needed to know what it looked like. Yeah, what did he um, spend an entire season or more with the baseball program? Partial season. Yeah, yeah. I mean he he was a Heisman candidate on a losing football team and people don't realize he was the football team. I mean, he, <laughs> he was it. Right. So, you know, Indiana knew what they had and they're like, you know, I don't, I know you probably like center field, but why don't you come back and focus on football? <laughs> and so he did. And he, you know, he, the rest yeah. is, he, like I said, is one of the most accomplished athletes in, I, in IU history. Yeah. Um, talk to me about um, being drafted then. Well, I mean, um, my brother went in the seventh round in 1997. That was my senior year in high school. I thought I was going to sign for basketball. When he did that, I wanted to be better than him, if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to Indiana, my my goal was to get better and and to be, you know, draftable. And to have that moment happen and to go two rounds earlier than him and and to celebrate that, it's it's like nothing you could ever imagine. Um you know, it was just a dream come true. Um, you know, through the year, there were so many scouts and 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 people calling. Uh, it became really obvious that I was going to get drafted. Um, it just was whether or not it would be high enough for me to sign or to sure. come back to IU. So I don't know how else to describe it other than it's, you know, someone telling you they want you to be on a professional team is pretty amazing. Yeah. And it was Kansas City, correct? And then right. at some point um... – Traded to Colorado? Correct. Um, what was – can you talk a little bit about life in the minors? Uh, very similar to uh, my experience on, on IU in terms of mental toughness and grind. I mean, mm-hmm. I uh, every day it was a challenge. Uh, the travel was difficult. Some of those bonds that I have have lasted ever since, uh, even if – we ended up playing against each other. I, I mean, I have friends that I just, I know if I need something, I can call on them. And it's partly because we all went through the same challenges. Um, you know, you get on a 12 hour bus ride, no sleep. And if you're the starting pitcher, they're not asking you, uh, Hey, did you not sleep when the stat line comes out? They're asking you why you didn't get the job done. Yeah. And a part of that teaches you down the road that no matter what the situation you're in, performance matters. And, and, uh, and so I, I, I appreciate my time in the minors. It was a lot longer than I wanted it to be, but, um, but in all fairness, that was my journey. So, um, 
It was difficult. It was rewarding. It was everything. But the best part about it for me, if I'm being honest with you, is I spent every one of those years with my my wife. So I got to experience everything with her. You know, we were uh, dating going into the first year. We were engaged the second year and married the third year. And we've been together for the whole time. So I had a partner that I could share the time with. And uh, obviously a a willing partner who was open to going to some, probably some interesting locales along the way. <laughs> and, and several of them, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yes. Um, what, um, and I, I think I saw that you spent a year or two years in um, in Mexico in the Winter League. Well, I spent a month there. A, a um, month, okay. But yeah, but it was. But it felt like two years. Well, I mean, it, that was another experience. Yeah. You know, it was uh, the fans there were so passionate about the game. Um, it was, I, you cannot replicate that feeling uh, in those stadiums. I mean, I had Fernando Valenzuela as a teammate there. Really? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you're talking 35, 40,000 people screaming every pitch, you know, just, I don't know. My, my time in Mexico, I cherish. Yeah. It was, a, it was an amazing time. It was, I think it was the most, most fun I ever had playing baseball. It's, I mean, you, you referenced the, the atmosphere and the environment, and I know it's not quite the same thing, but last year during the lockout, I, I was hungry for some baseball. So I turned on the uh, Caribbean world series Oh yeah, in Spanish language. And I can't speak, speak a lick of Spanish, but it was baseball. And you could tell that everybody was fully invested in having a, a great time. It was, it was quite the event and something now that I would like to go and see if I can, if I can swing it someday, I'd love to go there to see some games. You have, if you're a baseball fan, you have to experience it. There's, there is nothing like it. There's no, the the pressure in the World Series does not compare. Again, not not saying, not saying I was good. I'm not saying that. But when you go and these pe- people on your team are from the from the hometowns of some of these places, I mean, it is absolutely incredible. Does um. Did the um, the Mexican professional league? Did they have like a, a, a limit to the number of foreign-born players, in, or how did that yeah, work? I, I'm not really sure. I didn't get into the specifics. I was yeah. just thankful to have a contract and and to go. So I didn't really say like how many can you take, and I was like, where do I sign? And I had a friend, uh, David Cortez, who actually was the closer in the WBC against the United States for Mexico. He threw the last the game-winning pitch. For Mexico, and he's the one that got me in uh, to play for Mexicali. He was my teammate, um, and I didn't ask a whole lot of questions. I was like, "Where do I sign, and how do I go?" Yeah, um, that's that's so cool. Uh, was it just? It was just 2007, if I'm not mistaken. Looking through the, the yeah, snap it was the winter line. of 06. No, yeah, no, so- I'm I'm sorry. I'm talking 07 for the Rockies. Oh yeah. But yes, the, the winter of 06. So was that like a springboard to get you ready for that 07 spring training and everything else that went into it? Put it this way that the front office from the Rockies acknowledged that I went there and I did well. Yeah. So yeah. I think it showed that in a not ideal environment that I could perform. And it meant something to them. And then what was that spring training like for you? I was very focused. Yeah. Um, we had a, uh, um, 
what's called a spot hitting contest. They had a a rope with catchers putting their gloves under the rope and we would hit the spots and I was locked in. Um, I had a great spring, um, got sent down and got called back and pitched in more big league games after I got sent down. And then was one of the first call-ups for the year. I I, I had an ex- exceptional spring in mm-hmm. 2007. For me, not not for, you know, I'm not a superstar. I'm a role sure. player. For me, I I did the best I could. Yeah. But, you know, in, in fairness, it's the 1% rule or what have you, right? It's, you know, 1% of high school players make it to college and 1% of college players make it to the minors and 1% of the minors make it to the major leagues. And, you know, there for um, several months, you were part of that that elite group. Um, was, you know, they talk about the, the lights being brighter and everything else. Was it, would that be an accurate statement in terms of what it was like for your time up there? 100% how it felt. Um, yeah. When I went to the mound the first game, I couldn't feel my feet. But I will say this. Once I threw the first pitch and, and I got through the second outing, I felt like I belonged. And and the stats will show early on I, I was establishing a role. I mean, mm-hmm. unfortunately, injuries happen. And yeah. uh, that's, that's just what it is. But but I, I was in the process of, of doing some pretty good things Um you know, again, they didn't have a scouting report on me, so who knows what would have happened the next turnaround. But I was having some success early, for sure. And what was the injury, Zach? I ended up uh, uh, my my shoulder, right yeah. shoulder. Um, and then you know, just as a as a professional athlete. Are you still a sports fan? Are you still, you know, I, I know that you have a job to do now. You're you're focused on the business at hand, which is being the best possible pitcher you can be. But are you still um, taking in action, whether it be, you know, in person in the off season or on TV on, a, on an off night or what have you and watching other sports? Are you still engaged and interested in that? Or are you just so locked in on baseball that you have no time for that anymore? Oh, no, I'm I'm an all sports advocate um it's really cool I, I mean like my uh my oldest daughter is a ballet dancer i'm gonna go to the nutcracker sunday i consider that a sport um i've got two uh, other daughters i have three total daughters one plays softball and basketball and she's got a rivalry game so uh and then the, the younger one she she's uh in middle school so but um i really enjoy them if i'm being honest with you i love sports I'm watching the World Cup. I'm learning about yeah, soccer yeah. because IUPUC is rolling a soccer team out next year, and I want to be <laughs> somewhat educated about it, which I, I feel like I'm getting dangerously educated on that. Um, I, I watch sports. My wife watches sports, but I love my kids. And yeah. the thing I love about it is that they love some of it, you know? And if they don't, guess what? We won't talk about sports anymore with them yeah. because um, they're just so special to me. and. They're so much better than I was. Like my my freshman um, has has done some things on the court in basketball already that I'm in awe of her um, calmness at, at her age at 14, taking mm-hmm. on 17 year olds. And um, my oldest is just fearless, completely fearless. Will take on any challenge. Um, and my youngest is just kind of following along and really developing. So I, I kind of took this question a different route, but that's okay. I, I follow sports, but I'm a dad first, and yeah. and uh, 
but on the flip side, I also think there is a challenge with my generation of athletes where we're very judgmental of this new generation of athletes and with social media and the pressures that these kids are under, it's a, it's a duty and a responsibility that I, that I have to do what I'm doing at IUPUC and beyond, because, you know, when you look at mental health and what's going on with COVID and you look at bullying that goes on in Twitter and Facebook and the way these kids are treated and the way they um, they try to express themselves. And, you know, we did the same. Uh, I don't want to say stupid, but I'll say it. We did things, too, you know. Yeah. And oh, yeah. It's not recorded, so it doesn't get out there to millions of people. Well, these kids don't have that same luxury. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have a choice but to stay engaged in athletics because. I feel like they need to know that they can make mistakes and that life will go on and that, you know, you might get blasted one week and guess what? The next week it's gone because it's the flavor of the week and it just went away. I I'm really concerned about the mental health that, uh, and the pressures that these kids are under at such a young age. So I feel like it's my responsibility to be involved in athletics. Well, that's a terrific segue to talk about what your role is at, at IUPUC. Um, you're, you're essentially starting up an athletic program um, from nothing, which has got to be a little bit daunting, I would think. But um, what attracted you to that position and, and you know, what do you hope to accomplish um, in the near term and in the long term? So I'll go back to two years ago and, and kids were, you know, told not to interact with each other and mm-hmm. you can't go here, you can't go there. And, you know, there was a, there was a health crisis, right? Yeah. And there were kids that were really good athletes that lost everything, lost their senior year. No colleges wanted to recruit them because they added extra years to players. Um. And, and I felt like if there was an opportunity to give some of those people a chance to play, I would do it. And so honestly, as hard as my days are, I think about how hard it would be for them if, if I didn't try. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, you know, Columbus, Indiana is one of these really uh, beautiful gem cities that people don't know much about. Um, there's a lot of good people here. Um, there's a lot of amazing facilities here. Um, IUPUC is, is a campus of, you know, good hearted professors that are trying to do right. They're, they're, we're all trying to do, uh, something historic, but also deliver on a quality level. Right. And so what intrigued me about the project was all of that combined, I felt like I could help people. And so it is daunting. Sometimes I would be lying to say if I wasn't stressed or, you know, I get stressed out and, and, you know, thank, thank, thankfully I have a spouse that's very supportive and I can talk with, because if I didn't have that, I don't know what I would do. Sure. But I will tell you the rewards are so much greater than that. Like I can't even tell you January 3rd, I got a job here. We're talking on December 14th. We have executed a cross country season for players we have ex- executed scrimmage games for softball and baseball preseason. 
And the first time in the history of the school, we are in finals week with athletes on campus finding out who's going to be on the first teams in the spring. Yeah. We've got promotional videos going. We've got recruits from places that this campus have never seen. Uh, we we had two baseball players receive the African-American scholarship uh, from IEPUC this week. First time they, that they uh, delivered that scholarship in three years. Um, there's just so many positive things going on that at that point, it's almost like, how can you fail? Because even if you don't perform or if something crazy happens, it, it wasn't supposed to be this far anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, in a, in a, this may sound really crazy, but I almost feel like I'm playing with uh, house money at this point because so many people thought the odds were against us. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you. You know, this is a um, a partnership all over the city. Sarah Land doing what they're doing, building us baseball fields and softball fields. Ohio Valley Sports, a youth travel organization tournament runner that that signs up for all these challenges to help us. Um, you know, this the the sports council of Columbus, Indiana. You know, buying our uniforms for us. I mean, just an incredible partnership all around and. I'm extremely blessed to have the pressure. Yeah. Um, I, I know you started with cross country and you're adding, you know, baseball and softball in the spring. What else is in the works or is that still kind of to be determined based upon the way things go at the end of this year? So we're proactively recruiting men's and women's soccer and okay. women's volleyball. Um, baseball and softball started in the fall. It just wasn't official. Yeah, yeah understood. Sure. So, but they they've recruited teams, they've scrimmaged. We'll see how they do in the classroom, and we'll see who's there in the spring to play the official games. But yes, um, you know we have women's soccer, we have men's soccer, and women's volleyball coaches that are recruiting, and facility agreements um, in negotiations uh, right now with soccer. It's BCSE um, Bartholomew County School Corporation. They okay. have a beautiful turf field right next to our campus. Um, we're working with them see if it gets flushed out. We feel like we're really, really close when it is, it's going to be awesome. It's an amazing facility. Uh, we work with parks and rec, uh, for the grass soccer fields. I mean, Columbus is just an amazing place. I mean, people don't realize the assets that are here in the city and that's how we got 65 people to sign up in the fall was we're touring somewhere, right. Yeah. And doing something, but it, it, it really, truly, this wouldn't have been successful so far even without the support of the city. And I think that has to continue to carry. And we have a duty and obligation to, to try to perform for them too. Sure. Sure. Um, I talked to, um, in a previous episode, I talked to a gentleman named uh, Garth Pleasant who spent close to 50 years coaching at Rochester university used to be a Michigan Christian college and is now an associate uh, athletic director or something like that up there, maybe a vice president. But he was talking about how if it wasn't for athletics at Rochester University, you know, the student population would be much less than what it is right now. They have a pretty robust and have added a lot of sports along the way. Is that something similar to to what IUPUC is? is I don't want to say after, but is that part of the byproduct of this is to help uh, build a more robust student body and have a more diverse student body? I believe that's their plan. And if it's not, it's my plan. So I think it's, it's, um, you know, uh, Dr. Hill is, is who I report to. Um, 
And to be clear, that's not me. I'm Doug Hill. So a different Doug. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Yeah. Ryan Hill. Um, I, you know, here's a guy who has taken a huge risk to do this and uh, bestowed upon me the opportunity. And I believe that's something he wants. I don't want to speak for him. Sure. Uh, there has been a culture shift on campus already. There's no doubting it. Um, you can't bring 65 type A personalities into a small campus and expect there not to be some challenges, right? So professors are learning how to deal with this new dynamic. The mm -hmm. athletes are learning how to deal with professors. Coaches are always want to win, no matter how you want to spin it. They're they're always trying to get the angle for we need this or we can't win or that. And that's why I have them. I love them for it, but I mean, I live in the real world. So I have to, you know, so yeah, I, I believe that this campus wants a, a cultural shift and is embracing the cultural shift. Our admissions office has been extremely hardworking to try to help us. They, they've had to take this normal recruiting cycle and just, it just took off. Like we're going, you know, hey, we're trying to bring a kid from Michigan. Well, we're normally recruiting from this regional yeah. part of Indiana for this campus. It's like, well, here's a Michigan person, come on in. Um, and they've just been supportive, but you know, there's been a lot of challenges, but when you have good people that are passionate, it's just like any sports team. If you yeah. have people that know their roles and they're passionate about what they do, you can't lose. You can, you can have bumps in the road. You can, you can have teams that, you know, do whatever. Right. But you can't really lose because everyone's pushing for the same goal and anything that is progressing forward is a win, right? So back to the campus culture, we started a bowling club, okay? Bowling. Our baseball coach, for some reason, wanted to start a bowling club. The first event, 70 students showed up to. Wow. Seven. Now, for a campus of about 1,000 to 1,200, that's a huge number. So they're taking pictures on the bowling alley. They're, they, I mean, so that wasn't happening even like four months ago, right? Six months ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I do believe that there's an attempt to change this uh, campus culture, but I also think that athletics shines a light on what they already had that was going well. Sure. So, you know, who's going to talk about the the case studies that were written in the, in the, and the authors that are here already? Well, when athletics starts to shine the light, they start saying, well, I didn't realize IEPUC did this case study or this professor wrote this paper. I mean, we went to a talking leaves uh, thing on campus. It, it was basically, it's basically a club of writers on campus that they do a book and publish their work and they read it to the crowd. The, the room was mm -hmm. absolutely packed this year. And I was there, baseball coach was there because we're like, this is our campus. This is who we are. So I think that that culture is still being built and, and it's just, you know, you, you know, you just can't um, replicate what athletics can do that way. Yeah. Um, kind of shifting a little bit. I know that you talked quite a bit a few minutes ago, just about the overall, you know, mental health of this you know, generation of athletes. Um, as the, the person in charge of the athletic department there, what types of pieces are you hoping to put in place to help um, support your student athletes as they come onto campus now? So we uh, we created a, a student body um, that emulates a players union. 
and it's in student services. So every sport has a representative and they, I'm not there. They can discuss any issues that they have about regarding campus and speak openly and freely, because I think if they can't do that, if they can't express themselves. And I'm not talking about on Twitter or Facebook. I'm talking about, you know, face to face or on the phone, get it off their chest. That's one Avenue. We have a, an incredible psychology department here and they already offer support for the general student population. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're wanting to build more support. Um, we're not quite there yet to formalize it, but that's something in the works. And then I still think things like study table, you know, where you're not stuck in your dorm wondering how you're going to dig out of this academic hole. You have people there helping you. You know, the study tables are going to get more and more uh, interesting and creative as we move forward. So, um, you know, and then just continuing to encourage them to be involved in clubs that aren't sports. You know, if you have an interest in, in writing, go go to the talking leaves. Um, but, you know, the bottom line is they can come to my office and if they have a real problem, I've probably dealt with it before. So it's an open door policy. That's something that is helping us. But it's not perfect. I mean, we have issues that come up that, you know, we weren't prepared to deal with. And and then we adjust as we move forward. But that's kind of our strategy here. Yeah. Well, it sounds it sounds marvelous. Um, in a in a you know, if things go according to your plan, and of course you have to kind of subscribe to, to Dr. Hill's plan as well, but where do you see things at IUPUC in five years, let's say? Well, that's a really, really great question. Um, first of all, be, being uh, able to get an NAI without having sports ever is a blessing for us. And then having the River States tour and say, we want you in our conference is an even greater blessing, right? So yeah. I think us being a character-driven, academically-focused um, school that adds value to the River States and is like viewed in five years as like, wow, they really made a difference. Uh, because geographically and facilities-wise, I think we can. Um, I would love to see them talk about IUPUC in five years as Hey, this is a startup, and look at look at how much they're contributing to our conference. Um, and that's not even necessarily wins and losses. That's just, you know, uh, enhancing the brand of all of them. Yeah, I would love to in five years to be viewed that way. The second uh, thing I would obviously want to win, um, uh, and we're going to try our best to win. I mean, I it's a startup. I have our coaches have zero expectations for wins and losses this year. Their expectation is to have a team. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, down the road, once we figure some stuff out, I'm a competitive person. I mean, but I'm not going to sacrifice, um, you know, morals and ethics to win. So we're going to have to win the right way. Um, and then I would like the city of Columbus to embrace IUPUC. I think when they see this come out and we finally have a home basketball game, and it's, you know, sold out because a nationally ranked team came in from, say, Pennsylvania or somewhere. You know, it's a it's it's hard for people to envision that right now. But I think we have three or four nationally ranked teams in baseball coming in this first season. And part of that was we want to see what the best do. Yeah, we're not we're not we can't play for a national championship this year. So why not test ourselves? And if you know, if we take some lumps this year, I mean, who doesn't expect that if they don't, then. 
you know, that's just part of growth. But what I'm trying to say is in five years, if, if we can have a competitive environment with we're viewed by the river states as a, a key asset to their conference. And then um, the city of Columbus now talks openly about college athletics in Columbus. That would be an absolute home run for, you know, five years from now. Wow. I, I mean, great goals and, you know, I'm, I'm buying in. I want to get my season tickets now and, and I live, you know, seven hours away. So that doesn't do me a lot of good, but, um, but I, I, I really appreciate the, uh, the desire and, and your vision. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. So sorry about that. Um, okay. So, you know, the, the topic of my show or the show that we do is you know, conversations with sports fans. We've talked a lot about, you know, athletics and sports and your experiences as, as sports. And certainly you're a big fan of your, of your daughters. Are there other things that you're, um, you enjoy just for leisure time? If you have any leisure time, um, you know, which, <laughs> what, what's your go-to in terms of just, turning the TV on or, or heading out to see something, what, what do you want to see or, or what do you enjoy watching? Um, other than family. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy, you know, a good movie every now and then a really good meal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a nice steak. I, I enjoy um, cooking. Uh, yeah. I actually enjoy like, I like smoking briskets and, I actually had my first staff. I had a, uh, I made a brisket for them and brought them over, and I enjoy that. Um, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm always uh, looking to do new things. So um, I enjoy video games. Uh, you know, I like starting up things. So usually, if I have too much spare time, I end up with some new company I'm trying to start or something like that. So I mean, in my spare time. A lot of it's spent decompressing and thinking about the next moves and, yeah. and how it works. So, but no, I, I really do. I've really uh, bought into, to what my girls are doing and yeah, that time's going by my, my 17 year old is graduating as a junior and she wants to travel and then she'll be in college. And so I'm really trying to take advantage of every moment I have with her when I have uh, spare time. Yeah, um, as as a parent of a twenty six and a twenty one year old, you know they're only seventeen once. Right. There, there's only one final in my case with my son, one final wrestling match. Um, you know, so it, it yeah, you need to really embrace that and and, and don't sacrifice it. Um, I, I recalled what I was going to ask, um, so I'm going to go back to it, even though it makes for terrible radio. Did you <laughs> benchmark yourself? Um, as a university against another, you know, school that has started from, from scratch or nothing. And is there a, a large um, support system out there for, for someone in your, in your position, or are you kind of blazing new trail? Uh, we are very fortunate to be in the IU system. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that's fortune and sometimes that's pain <laughs> uh, because with an organization uh, as old and established as IU, there's a process for even a process, right? Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, there's a lot of people that want to help. And uh, we have benchmarked off of other, um, not, not startups from scratch, but but I'll be honest with you, though, our approach was so unique that it it's not fair to benchmark for some of them because they don't have the city of Columbus. They don't have the leadership our city has. And that, that's no offense to their cities. I I'm, I'm sure they're all great cities, but Columbus 
and the leadership wanted this to happen. And so we benchmarked based on enrollment numbers and, and those types of things, but we didn't benchmark. I don't, I don't like to put my mind in a box and, and not think of uh, the impossible through the lens of someone that's done it through the possible, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm pushed to do that a lot. Like, Oh, Hey, they, they did it this way. You know, you need to do it that way. And, and I would say we use benchmarks, but we also, uh, Dr. Hill afforded me some freedom to lay out my vision and play it. And so far, uh, we've gotten to this point doing that. Now, again, there's still many hurdles to overcome, probably more that we don't even know yet, right? But I mean, just think about this. Like I said, January 3rd, we didn't have facilities. We had no partnerships. We had no coaches. January, January I think it was 27th was our first commit. And here we are talking about adding three more sports. Yeah. Right? So... Yeah, we benchmarked, but we were careful about it because it's really hard to benchmark what we're doing. Yeah, remarkable, very remarkable. Well, I, I cannot thank you enough um, for your gift of time today, Zach. Thanks for this. Uh, thanks for sharing a few of your recollections from um, your days as a professional ball player. Thanks as well for enlightening us to the first family of Toledo sports, which has got to be the most competitive Thanksgiving, uh, you know, get together in the history of thanksgiving get-togethers i'm guessing and, um, and and, th and thanks for um for sharing pulled the curtain back a little bit on what it's like to start up an, an athletic department basically from, from nothing um, and that's um you know it's a daunting task and and certainly it seems as though you're on in, on the right track so thank you for that well thank you for your time and uh it's a privilege to be here and i appreciate the opportunity thanks again Conversations with Sports Fans is a production of The Sports Fan Project. Our theme music is, fittingly, entitled Wooden Championships by Lobo Loco. Please visit our website at thesportsfanproject.com for more information and to contact us. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with other sports fans you know and invite them to give it a listen.